You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. And so what I always recognize, when God increased me to a level, then I'll have what I need at that level. Come on now. And so I don't go after things. I've never gone after things. I just believe God that if I'm doing what he tells me to do, whatever he wants me to have at that level, watch this. So watch this. So, okay, follow me. If the Mercedes costs 50, if the Lexus costs 50, if the, uh, uh, the, the Jaguar costs 50, and if the, the Lincoln costs 50, that's four different cars, okay? You don't need to pray about Lincoln or... The, if you got the 50, now you got options. Are you following me? So when you get to a certain level, there's stuff you don't even have to pray for because now you just got options. Come on now. Look at somebody say, God's about to give me some options. About, about to pick, choose, and refuse. Glory to God. I said, you're about to pick, choose, and refuse. I went to in the upstate on Friday and I had to preach up there. And so... Uh, as we're driving in, my, my adjutant, Brother Doug, is driving me, and so we, we pull around, and I see that there's a chair close to the door uh, 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 blocking a parking space, and I figure that's our space, and so he goes, we, we drive up there, and the guy asks, he said, who, who, who are you? He said, Brother Doug, and so, <laughs> and the guy said, well, you can just, can you just ride right on back around there? And then he said, I got Bishop, he said, oh, 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 okay, uh, that was my space. And then he said, he said, I'm sorry, watch this. They told me to either look for a black BMW or a white Mercedes. Well, that night, I was driving the Escalade. Don't put me in no box. I got options. Don't think you know me. I can pick, choose, and refuse. You don't know how God gonna bless me. Come on now. Come on, say it. Say, I will be blessed to have options. Don't try to box me in. <laughs> Hallelujah! Well, you, you, well you, you ought to stay in the hood with your people. No, I can maybe help my people better once I get out. Some of y'all don't like that. And you can have some... Now, it's okay to do that, but you need to have options. Long, you, God don't want you stuck. You hear me? Somebody say, I will not be stuck. So look what he says, seek first the kingdom of God, all these things be added to you. Verse 32, Luke 12, 32, do not fear, little flock. It is your father's, I love this, I love it, love it. Good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Stop fearing, it, please, it pleases God to bless you. You don't have to beg because you, you are his child and he is your father. It's the father's good pleasure. The root word of pleasure is please. It pleases God to give you whatever that he can bless you with from his kingdom. Are y'all with me here? Listen to that from message translation. He said, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Hakuna Matata. Come on, even if you don't speak in tongues, speak that one with me. Say Hakuna Matata. If you jerk with it, it looks spiritual. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. What's interpretation? Yay, the Lord said it means no worries. 
pile on for the rest of your days. He said, what I'm trying to do is get you to relax. Not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provision. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Say that with me. All my everyday human concerns will be met. Mm. Don't be afraid of missing out. Stop looking at everybody on Instagram. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. We have relationship. I love you. I mean, Jesus said, I got you. I got you. I mean, y'all, y'all, if y'all ever want to see Pastor Chandler really eat, let me take him out to dinner. <laughs> Boy, I mean, he, he, he gets it. He said, yeah, bring us some calamari. And uh, bring some of those some some of those taco chips, and I'm sitting there looking like, he said, and he said, now what, what, what do you think? You, you think the fillet is better or the or the T-bone? When he go out with me, he ain't thinking about how much it costs. In his mind, he the dad got me. That's how God wants you living. The Father got me. Come on, say that. God's got me. God's got me. Relax. You'll find everyday concerns. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friend. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. Y'all, because fear, fear is rooted in insecurity. Fear is rooted in those questions. Does God really have me? Does the word really work? And I'm here to tell you, as somebody who gone into the promised land and got the grapes, it works. God really does love you. He really will provide for you. He really will care for you, which is why when I went full-time in ministry, which I wasn't planning on doing, in, 19, in 1997, when this church had 20 members, and I did it because God told me to do it. I have since had spiritual sons and uh, pastors who are, who are under me, and, I'll hear, and, I, and I've said stuff like, how are they going to go full-time in ministry? They got 40 members. I said that, Pastor Marshall. Marshall said, well, they got more than we had when you did. <laughs> I, I, I will forget about it because I didn't do it because I was counting members. I did it because I had a word from God. And then God told me, he told me, he said, I want you to do nothing but ministry. Nothing. And back then, y'all, uh, my bell, the, the, the phone company had just broken up, and, and we had all the, all the, uh, all the long-distance service. We had the MCI and all those other ones, and everybody was selling this and selling that, and people came to me with everything, and people came to me with all kinds of schemes. That's what it all schemes, they, of how the church could sign up for this, and I don't have to work it. I don't have to work it. Just get the church to sign up, and then it will bring in some of the money from the church and be able to take care of me. God said, I want you to do nothing but what I told you to do. And then, then initially when the Lord told me, I said, okay, I worked out another strategy. So I'm telling this stuff because the Lord told me I got to go back and remind folks where we came from. A lot of y'all are new here. And so back then I said, well, okay, well, I've been working, uh, I, you know, 
have making sixty, sixty-five thousand dollars a year. Not bad for the black boy from the projects in Jersey City, New Jersey. I'm doing okay. And now the Lord telling me to do nothing but ministry. I got 20 members, and the church could give us $150 a week. And so I said, okay. Uh, one of my past uh, occupations was a claim, not, uh, uh, was also executive recruiter. Okay, so I got Pastor Marcy's resume together. I start sending her, I start sending her resume out with cover letters. And people were calling the house saying, uh, can I tell you, Bailey, uh, you've applied for this bitch. And I would hear her on the phone saying, no, I didn't apply. I said, yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. You applied. Shh. Ask them when they want to interview you. And she looked like, what? I, 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 I had, so my plan was then, well, if she, if she ain't work, Lord didn't tell you she can't work outside the home. <laughs> Put this woman to work. <laughs> And then the Lord said to me, I didn't, I didn't tell you to trade places with your wife. I told you to trust me. I didn't, I didn't tell you to come up with your plan how to make it. I told you to obey me. Seek first. Okay. And the life I live now and what you see now is a result of trusting God and obeying his word. Are y'all listening to me? So I had to get rid of the insecurity that God really was big enough to take care of me and my four children. And when we were full-time in ministry, listen, y'all, I didn't ask God for a big house. I didn't ask God for Mercedes. I didn't ask God for multiple cars. I didn't ask God for, 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 for pink and blue checkered socks. I didn't ask God for none of that. <laughs> I asked the Lord for one thing. I said, Lord, I just don't want my children to struggle. That's why I asked the Lord, because I didn't want my children to resent ministry. I've seen that of children growing up. All my father did, they, they were in church all the time, and we struggled. I said, Lord, I just don't want my children to struggle. And I had to trust God and God, and come on, and my children had lived their best life because I obeyed God. Fear is ruling insecurity. Psalm 56 and 3, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. So when you're fearful, recognize, okay, now I, I need to dig in in my faith a little bit more. Whenever I'm afraid, I what? I'll trust. So in this case, it's telling us the replacement for, for fear is trust. When I'm afraid, I need to trust. When I'm anxious, I need to trust. I told, I told you years ago when we were building our other sanctuary there, uh, the, the sprung, sprung facility, I was believing God we're going to do it debt free. We start off with like $500,000. It was going to cost a million two to get it built. And I believe in God every week telling folks this is where we are. This is how much we need to pay this week to keep going. This is how much we, and I'm laying, and at night, uh, I had had an ulcer. Some of you heard me say that as a, as a kid and a teenager, and a heartburn and, and uh, uh, what do you call that? The acid reflux. I had all of that, and I had, had been healed of that. And we're building that, and I'm laying up at night saying, oh, God, thank you, Lord, the money coming in. The money coming in. Huh? And I try to fall asleep. Oh, God. Oh, thank you, Lord. The money coming in. Thank you, Lord. We're building a debt free. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Lord. The money coming in. And the Lord said to me, and why is it? We had a bank loan, but I didn't want to use the money because I called myself being in faith. The Lord said, go and use the bank money. He said, because you're going to kill yourself. Call yourself being in faith. I wasn't in faith. I was stressing. If you are in faith, you don't stress. And so the Lord, so where I was at the time, 
God said, go use the bank money and praise the, God, praise the Lord, and then we paid it off in a year. But sometimes you have to recognize all that anxiety you're feeling, it's because there's a deficit of trust. The situation doesn't have to change, may not always change, but God can change you for that situation. You can have peace. In the midst of what other people are going through that's causing them distress, you can have peace. Somebody shout, I will have peace. Psalm 56 and 11, it says, in God I will put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So now you got to not only know that God will take care of you in terms of provision, but God will also protect you from enemies. God will protect you from people who don't mean you, who don't wish you well. God, God will protect you from the haters. I believe sometimes we talk too much about the haters. You're going to need some haters because God's going to prepare a table for you, and you're going to need somebody to be sitting on the outside looking at you, eating at the table that God prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. So just keep on going. Now, let me tell you, anything that you're successful in, there's going to be haters. Nobody ever hates on people they consider to be failures. No, people don't hate on unsuccessful people. Sometimes the more you hear somebody, the more you hear somebody talk negative about people, especially when they don't know them, you realize that's just rooted in jealousy and insecurity. How are you going to talk that much about somebody you don't even know? Making all these assumptions about them, and you have to recognize that is really insecurity and, and, and jealousy and envy and strife, which is rooted in the devil. Nehemiah 2 and 2. The king says to Nehemiah, when he's concerned about the walls of Jerusalem being destroyed, he comes before the king as the cupbearer, and therefore the king said to, said to me, why is your face sad since you are not sick? He said, this is nothing but what? Sorrow of heart. He said, now I became dreadfully afraid. And he has spent time in prayer. And so there are times when you, these situations that overwhelm you, you're going to have to say, now what's really going on inside of me? He said, and then he went and prayed and gave him an answer. Second Chronicles 20 and 3. I told you these three armies come against Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat, what? He feared, so he set himself to seek the Lord. When you fear, set yourself to seek the Lord. You got all this anxiety going on. Listen, I need to spend some time in prayer. I, I, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling all these, I'm feeling all anxious about this situation. I need to set some time to seek the Lord. On Wednesdays, I talk about the benefit of fasting. Fasting is an accelerated way to decrease your flesh and strengthen your spirit, man, and to seek the Lord. He feared, he set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast to all Judah. And that, uh, when it said feared here, other translations said he was shaken, he was alarmed, and he was terrified. So y'all, faith is going to help keep you moving forward despite your feelings. Faith keeps you moving forward despite your feelings. Exodus 14 chapter, children of Israel coming out of Egypt. They're now at the Red Sea. And Pharaoh has changed his mind saying, what have I done by letting these people go? I was just in my emotions. We're going to go and get them back. And he's seeking, he's going after them, Exodus 14. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were what? 
Y'all with me here? They were what? Is, is, I think it's on the, I think it's on the, um, they were what? Okay, y'all wake up here. They were very afraid. An army's coming at them. They were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. When you're afraid, cry out to the Lord. <laughs> I said, when you're afraid, cry out to the Lord. And Moses, okay, now Moses is the man of faith and power. Moses is the man who saw the burning bush. Moses is the man who got a staff that he threw down and, and, and threw it down and became a snake. Moses is the man who told Pharaoh, let my people go. And now Moses, as they are afraid, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. He said a date. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again, no more forever. Now watch this. I don't care sometimes what you feel, talk faith. You didn't hear what I said. I said, I don't care what you feel, talk faith. Don't talk your feelings to that situation. You can acknowledge your feelings, but I got to speak faith to counter this feeling. Because the truth of the matter is, Moses is talking faith, but he's scared too. But he know me, me expressing my fears more than my faith is not going to help the situation, it's not going to help me, nor is it going to help them. Because keep on looking. He said, the Lord going to fight for you, and you're going to hold your peace. Verse 15, something happened between verse 14 and 15. This is what our picture happened. Moses stand before the people, and he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Egyptian you see today, you will see no more again forever. And the people said, yeah. And Moses said, I'll be right back. <laughs> Lord, what are we going to do? They're going to kill us, Jesus. <laughs> Stand still. So Moses the next verse, God said, why are you crying after me? Moses was fearing too. So he cried out to the Lord. Can I tell you, I don't care what's going on. Cry out to the Lord. Keep talking faith. Oh, come on now. This is what I say. Sometimes when, when something, and we all get blindsided. We all get uppercuts. Something we didn't, didn't expect. And I'll get myself together. i say, God going to get glory out of this thing. God gonna get God gonna turn this thing around. This thing is gonna be a testimony, and then I'll tell the devil himself. Now I can't wait to tell you. Know what? I tell everything. I can't wait to tell this devil. I'm gonna tell the whole church how you thought you tried to do this, but this is how God worked that thing out. This is how that thing turned around. This is what happened. Sometimes I don't tell you about the situation, but I tell you how God brought me out the situation. So you got to be, he says, stand still. You got to be able to stand still internally, watch this, so you can move forward externally. You got to be able to stand still internally, which means settle yourself down, get yourself together, your mind, your will, your emotions, so you can keep moving forward externally. Joshua 1, after Moses is dead, and now they're getting ready to go, finally go across Jordan into the promised land. Joshua, who had been Moses' servant, who was known to just uh, wash Moses' hands and wait on Moses while he was hearing God. He's now in a position of leadership. 
And now he has to take these three million people, at least, across the Jordan to uh, inherit the land that God told him they're supposed to have 40 years ago. And he saw how Moses was a great man of God and what Moses went through. And he's like, I'm nowhere near him. I didn't hear God like him. God didn't talk to me up, up on Mount Sinai. And so God speaks to him and comforts what he's going, what's going on internally within him. He says, Moses, my servant is dead, Joshua 1 and 2. Now therefore arise, get up, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land that I'm giving them the children of Israel. Listen, you cannot lay down in your feelings. You cannot lay down your emotions. You're going to have to learn to get up and keep moving anyway. Let me give you some more of that story. When I, when I initially got fired back in 1997, the job that brought me here, I went through a little period of depression. And my wife wasn't having it. She, she tried to use me for a couple days, and I, I put black blinds up in the room. I didn't want the sun to come out, and I'm laying in bed. One day she came and she took the blind, opened it up, and said, you got to get up. You got to do something. You got to pray. Don't you have some writing to do? Don't you have some sermons to write? Don't you have some manuals to write? She said, you cannot just lay here. And I didn't even know. I, di I didn't even know this. I heard Tyler, Tyler said this last year. He said he remembers when I got fired and how I stayed in the room. I didn't know he knew he said, and he said at that time, I will never be in a position that anybody can fire me. Oh, come on now. Which is why he came right out of law school and started his own law firm. I, I, I had no idea he even saw that. But he said, when he saw me go through that, he said, nobody will be in a position to fire me. Now, my situation motivated him. Come on now. But Martha said, now you got to get up. And I'm telling you, sometimes, even though you're feeling what you feel, you got to get up. Look at somebody say, get up. <laughs> you can't just lay there. I, I told you, I, I'll, I'll never forget, when I, was, when I was in the projects, we used to just watch people from the window, okay? We, 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 we used to watch people from the window. And, uh, and so people would fall because there'd be ice out there. And like you could see a particular spot, we used to watch everybody go there and fall. We watch everybody, and then everybody be laughing. We said, and I'll never forget, this guy came by one time, you know, we talking like in the 70s, where, it, where real brothers had a, had a bop. You know, it, you, know you, you walk like, you know, you had to have a walk. See, now we walk like. <laughs> but, brother had a walk, and I'll forget I'm looking out the window, and it was this ice there, and I saw this brother walking. And I said, I said, oh, he get ready to go. Yeah. And that brother went down like this, he said. Look, look, somebody said, get up quick, get up. Make it look like you choreographed it. Make it look like it was just part of your walk. You plan this all the time. No, see, you can't be laying there talking about, ah, I've fallen, and I can't get up. No, get up, 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 get up. Work it in, work it in, work it in. So God tells him, get up. I know you're depressed. 
I know you're concerned. No little anxious, but get up. Verse 6, he said, be strong of good courage, for to this people you're going to divide the inheritance. I know you don't know how you're going to do it. I'm telling you what you're going to do. You're going to divide the inheritance of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 9, he said, didn't I command you? Now watch this. We don't see anything because Joshua's writing the book. So Joshua's not writing what he's saying. Joshua's not writing his feelings. He's just telling us what God was saying. But based upon what we know God is saying, we know what he was feeling. He was obviously feeling discouraged. That's why God kept telling him. He says again in verse 9, Then I command you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Don't you be overwhelmed by this situation, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You're feeling what you're feeling, but... Courage doesn't mean you don't have fear. Courage means you keep going despite the fear. Courage doesn't mean you have not fallen. Courage means I get up despite the fact that I've fallen. So faith and fear, yet faith and fear cannot equally coexist. When fear comes in, you got to use your faith to expel it. When faith comes in, fear is going to go out. So Psalm 68 and 1, it says, let God arise, Psalm 68 and 1, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let God arise. The more you let God arise in you, the enemy of fear will be scattered. The more you let God arise in you, the enemy of poverty will be scattered. The more you let God arise in you, the enemy of anxiety will be scattered. The more you let God arise in you, the enemy of depression will be scattered. The more you let God arise in you, every enemy that comes against your soul will have to flee. They may come in one way, but they got to leave seven ways. Second thing, I want you to know God understands your feelings of sadness, depression. We don't like to talk about this in the church. You heard me say when I went through, I went through depression. Thank God I didn't stay in it. And thank God I had a wife to help get me out of it. But God understands your feelings of sadness or depression. It's referred to in the scriptures as a spirit of heaviness. Jesus, watch this, Jesus dealt with depression. Jesus dealt with a spirit of, now some, some, some of y'all relate, not my Jesus. Don't be talking about my Jesus. Jesus dealt with a spirit of heaviness. Matthew 26, 37 to 38, Jesus is going to pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be what? Sorrowful and very heavy. This time what he was going through mentally and emotionally. He, Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And then he became transparent about it, which is why he didn't take everybody with him. <laughs> everybody couldn't handle him saying this. And he said to them, this sorrow is crushing my life out. That's the message translation. Verse 38. This sorrow, he's serious is crushing my life out. Sit in that for a moment. The one who said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. This sorrow is crushing me. I'm feeling like I want to give up. I'm feeling like I can't go on. Listen, you have to learn to bring your sadness 
and your heaviness and your depression to God just like Jesus took his feelings to the Father. Now catch this. This is something I've studied the Lord showed me because if I kept repeating the stuff I originally read about faith, I wouldn't tell you this. Sometimes you got to pray your way through. Let me say it again. I, I didn't just say confess your way through. Yeah, you confess it, but you know, sometimes you got to pray your way through. You don't have to spend time crying out to the Father. You have to spend time pouring out your heart before him. Sometimes you got to pray your way through. Now watch this. I once heard someone say this. If you pray about anything two times, then you prayed about it one time in unbelief. Anybody ever hear that? If you pray about something two times, then you prayed about it one time in unbelief. Because what they were saying is, if you believed it the first time, you don't have to pray anymore. I get that. But the Bible says Jesus prayed, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass to me. Now, can we do this some other kind of way? And the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says he went and prayed it three times. Jesus wasn't praying it three times because he didn't believe the first time or the second time. Jesus was praying his way through. Oh, come on now. Sometimes you got to pray your way through. The Bible says casting all your care upon him because he can't. Sometimes you pray one time, you didn't cast some of that care. You need to go back and pray some more and cast some more care. And you need to go back and pray some more and cast some more care. You need to pray until you cast all that care on him. You need to pray till you get to the point of saying, now, my God, I got a feeling now that everything is going to be all right. Man, my, 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 come on, come on. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. When, when you pray, this is how the old saints used to say, I had a breakthrough. You got to pray till you get a breakthrough. You got to pray until that thing is broken over your life. You got to pray till you know, oh, devil, that is gone. Oh, come on. This ain't just a confession at this point. It's a possession at this time. I prayed my way through. Look at somebody say, pray your way through. This I'm just about finished here. And Matthew 11, 28 says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. You'll find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is like, bring all that stuff, all that care, all that anxiety to me. Cast it on me so you can have some rest. And then finally, as I close this, you got to pray your way through, but you got to praise your way out. I said you got to pray your way through, but you got to praise your way out. And sometimes I know you can stay at home and I know you can watch on streaming, but sometimes some of us come into here. We come into this sanctuary because I got to praise my way out. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. The Bible says in Isaiah 61 and 30, I think I feel like preaching here. He said, I want to count console all those that mourn in Zion. I want to give you beauty for those ashes. I want to give you all the joy for the morning. And I'm going to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So when that heavy spirit gets on you, when that depression gets on you, put on the garment of praise. Put on the garment of praise. We're about to praise our way out. Hallelujah. And you start talking to yourself and say, why art thou cast down? Oh, my soul, hope thou in God. I will yet praise him. Somebody give him a praise right now. Somebody give him a praise right now. I know you may have come in here with heaviness. You may have come in with depression. You may have come in with grief. You may have come in with worry. You may have come in with fear. But I dare you to praise your way out. Hallelujah. Anyhow, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually bring in my mouth. Hallelujah. I don't know where the money's coming from. But I'm praising God that it's coming. I don't know when my child will get saved, but I'm praising God that God's got a plan for us. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. I'm going to praise my way out. I refuse to stay depressed. I refuse to stay bound. I'm going to praise my way out. I'm not praising because I feel like praising. I praise him because God is worthy. I praise him because if he did it before, he'll do it again. I praise him because I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for Marriage, Faith, and Family Inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.